Well, hello, 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 hello. Uh, mic check one, two, uh, one, two. Uh, we are back with a brand new show, brand new season of Uninterrupted. Uh, we have some, um, some, a lot of things to talk about, honestly, but I, I really want to start the show off by welcoming uh, my longtime co-host, uh, a guy I've known for a long time. He's back with the show. Uh, he's going to be doing the show with us this season. Uh, Mr. Jake Hughes, uh, he helped me start this show. He was one of the founding fathers of uh, UI. So how are you, Jake? It's good to have I'm, you back, man. Uh, I'm, I'm good. It's it's good to be back. It's good to be doing podcasts with you again. But uh, founding father is very uh, ageist of you to say. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of offended. Oh my god. Yeah, I, it's like it's like we ne- it's like he never left. Just straight yeah, slandering. Nah, yeah, just just right back with the BS. It's yeah. The same, same old bullshit. Same old bullshit. And, of course, we also have my other co-host, the lovely Bailey Wright. How are you, Bailey? I'm doing good. Be better once, you know, football's back for good. Okay. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's tingling. The football gods have uh, blessed us with yet another season. And we are going to go ahead and talk a lot about football. There's going to be a lot of football talk on the show. Um like I said, I'm excited to do the podcast this season. We you know we were back. We did some a couple of shows here and there, but we we are set and ready to go for the season. We will be coming to you uh, and dropping our shows on every Thursday at noon. The show will drop, so I, we have that scheduled out. We're going to be dropping the show, and we'll get to as much Red, uh, you know uh, Red Sox and Bruins and Celtics and stuff talk, but not now. You know, Patriots are dominating the 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 airwaves and stuff like that so let's kind of talk about i mean i mean i want to talk to you guys and basically i need to feel how you guys are feeling about this football season you know how are you guys feeling you know it's it's year two since tom brady left us i think maybe some people have taken a long time to recoup but maybe some of us have and a lot of interesting stuff on our team so how are you guys feeling about uh about this uh 2021 new england patriots uh, I'll, I'll, I'll steal the spotlight. Um, I'm excited. You know, this is the first time the Patriots have had a quarterback who they drafted in the first round since they took Drew Bledsoe. And, uh, the, you know, there's been an almost anchor quarterback here for 20 years. You had Tom Brady. You know, quarterback wasn't even a question. It was who you, could you surround Brady with. Now it's all of a sudden, who can you put back there to throw the football, to run plays, to run an offense? And, you know, we got... Cam Newton in 2020, and we were excited at first. I, I think many of us were, and then as the year went on, we just realized that Cam's not, you know, that good. And I, I know you gave me some flack at times for, for uh, going back uh, way back, like a year and a half ago, when I said Cam Newton was better than Dak Prescott. I'll never forget it, Jake. You said it. I'll never forget <laughs> I it. I, I did say it. I did say it, and then uh, 18 months later, that that's been completely dismantled. But. Um, you, you know, I, I'm excited coming into this year to, uh, to really watch this quarterback competition between Cam and Mac. Uh, pr- preferably, I think myself, along with almost anyone else in Patriots Nation, wants Mac to start. Um, hopefully he can have a good camp and potentially win the job. I just don't think that'll happen right away. I, I just think Cam's going to come out week one and be your starter, regardless of how this camp goes. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. Hopefully Nikhil Harry gets traded and he's off this team that bum. But other than that, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to be a Patriots fan in 2021. You, you know, you're not shooting for a Super Bowl, but now, now you get a different reason to 
be a fan and you get to go through something else and we're going to get to see the Patriots rebuilt and how they can come out in 2021 and react to how Tom Brady won a Super Bowl with the Bucks in his first season. Let's see if the Patriots can make a playoff push. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, do you guys think it's ex- it's more exciting now because of the way the offseason started? I mean, we had a huge free agency. And that, I mean, with the free agency we got, it felt like we were signing everyone. Uh, do you guys, do you, do you feel, Bailey, that you, uh, maybe the excitement has ramped up because we've had such a huge offseason? Yeah, I think, you know, this year you have more reasons in a way to be excited. Obviously, when Tom Brady was here, you know, you kind of expected to go into the playoffs. Um, but now it's kind of like, you know, you don't really know what to expect. But with the free agency that we had, it's like, you know, that we haven't done that in a long time. And everyone's going to talk about Cam Newton and Mac Jones and the offense. But if you're looking on the defensive side, I mean, our defense is stacked. So I expect top five defense right away. Um, I'm really excited to see the defense more than I am the offense, and that says a lot. Um, but I agree. I think, you know, something to monitor over the next few weeks will be Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Obviously, today was a pretty pretty interesting day. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people, Jake said that. And, Jake, I don't know. I mean, you said most of us in Patriots Nation. I think – I don't know if most of us in Patriots Nation want – Mac Jones to start day one. I think there's a lot of camp stands out there that they mm. they are actually rooting for Cam to start, man. Oh no, I I, I know there are. And, and there's a lot, a lot. I I I, th- I think there's a lot less now than there was maybe six months ago. But uh, not 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 to put anyone on blast, but I've noticed a lot of these fair weather fans as of late have really been uh, weeping on Twitter about this whole ordeal, and we're, we're finally seeing who the real Patriots fans are. So that that's pretty much all I'll say. I think it's more like Boston media wants Cam, I mean, Matt, and then there's just fans who want, you know, Cam. But the honesty of it is you're going to, either way, someone's going to start week one. And obviously we're going to see who that is soon. So um, they're not going to be able to like, you know, like last year, the excuse was, oh, well, Cam doesn't have any weapons. Well, this year he's going to have to go out there and prove it. If it really was that, if that's what you know the issue was last year, there was, um, a, lot, there was a lot of excuse last year. If you yeah. think about it, I mean, it was COVID. It was he no barely chance. got any time to system. He didn't have an off-season program to mm-hmm. be the team. He he came on late. He had no weapons. Now, there's a lot of promising stuff that I saw. I mean, Jacoby Myers looks like he's an established wide receiver now. It looks like he's, you know, he, the travesty that was last year where Nikhil Harry was getting snaps over Jacoby Myers and he didn't really start any games. I think he didn't get any meaningful snaps until game I mean, seven of the season. And he yeah. still managed to put up a ton of, you know, a ton of yardage. For the, how anemic our offense was, It was. it's amazing that he put up the numbers that he did, to be honest. Yeah. So there's a lot of riding on on. On the Mac, on you know, on on the Mac Jones versus Cam Newton is for Cam Newton. I think mm-hmm. Mac Jones can easily be like, you know what? If I stink, I'm a rookie. You know, it's my first year. I'm a first round pick. They're not gonna cut me. You know, unless I, you know, do something incredibly horrendous. So he's gonna. And I don't see that happening. By the way, I think Mac Jones. It's. I think he's the real deal as far as his preparation, the way he. You know, comes into the you know comes into the facility, and I've heard nothing but good things. You know, I have a couple of good uh, friends and beat reporters who I, you know I keep in contact, and they've told me all the same things. The kit is just sharp. So, 
you know, I think when Jake said majority of Pats Nation, you know, you'd be surprised how many people are out there that still want Camp Newton. And look, it's I have nothing against Camp Newton, the person. I just feel like it's best for the football team if Mac comes in and takes over right away and he gets the growing pains and everything out of the way with an amazing offensive line and a stack stable of running backs. Mm-hmm. We'll see, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't so know. I, so I, I got a question because I know this has been floated around a little bit. And my whole thing is, and I do see Bill doing this, is not starting Mac until week five because he doesn't want to put him up against Tom Brady. Now, I know the Bucks matchup is in week four, and there, there was a lot of talk about this when the schedules first came out. And I, I, I know there was a lot of back and forth conjecture about it, but the, the, the more I listened to it, the more I thought about it, it made sense. And, and I think Bill might actually go that route. I mean, I, I do think Mac is the better quarterback for this team overall, but I, I don't think Bill wants to throw him out there right away. So no, I, I agree, but look, listen, and Bailey, uh, sorry to interrupt you, and I'll let yeah, you go after good. this one. Uh, but look, I, I'll say one thing. And this, uh, our, one of our, our founding members here, Bryson, and he said, and something that really stuck up to me, uh, stuck out to me, right? And I think it's evident first day of training camp, right? The Mac Jones hype is loud, yeah. really, really loud. And it's only day one, and people were mesmerizing and talking all over. The, I, Look, I saw a little bit of Cam Newton stuff, and obviously some criticism because he's the dancing, and I don't know. Some people don't like that. Some people are, you know, they they wanted to do more more serious things. They didn't see anything aerial from Cam, but what the hype that Mac Jones has produced, and it's only day one. I don't know if Bill Belichick is going to be able to contain that, you know. And if he has one of those camps where he just is emphatically much better visually. Okay, visually on the field, then Cam Newton. I honestly don't know, Jake, if he's going to be able to justify sitting the kid for Cam Newton, which is going to make it incredibly interesting as far as what's going to happen. You know, because again, I don't the hat trick, look if, if Mac owns in training camp and then he goes in the preseason game and then he lights it up, how do you shut that down? You should, I, mean, I do don't think. I don't think Bill Belichick gives two fucks what anyone thinks. I, I really don't. I think he's going to do what he feels is in the best interest for his team. Right. And if that's having the leadership of Cam Newton over the obvious choice of Mac Jones, I think he'll take that. But if what if you're getting leadership from Mac Jones? Because I've heard things about Mac Jones saying that he's already a leader, that the guy already has swag, that the guy's already as a he presents himself well. What if not only the hype? Okay, of Mac Jones is big, but also on the field, you know, he's clearly outplaying Cam Newton. Like, oh, we see that he's clearly outperforming Cam Newton. It's, whether Bill Belichick gives a shit about what we say or not, it's obviously he doesn't. But if, it, if he it's obvious, has, he has to see. I don't think how you, he, he can even justify starting Cam if Mac Jones is a better player. If it's obvious on and off the field, I think Belichick will think about it. If it's just obvious in one of those two facets, I I, I don't think Belichick's going to you know pull the plug on Cam. You know he I mean, he, he did it. He did it last year, so you're right about that. No, I I mean he 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 even brought him back this year. You know he he resigned the guy, and I get it. You didn't really have any quarterbacks out in the open market. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick was a guy you could go after, but other than that, there was really no names. And I just 
I don't see him pulling the plug on Cam Newton right away. And Cam Newton, from a leadership standpoint, you, you, you know, personally, he's a phenomenal teammate. He's a phenomenal guy uh, off the field. He's established himself a, as a leader on and off the field. It's just he can't play quarterback. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you could be the best leader in the world, but that doesn't if that doesn't translate to good offense and numbers and productivity on the field you could be the um, you could be the president of the united states for all i care you're just not getting the job done uh bailey go ahead i know you wanted to get a point across no i i see both sides i think one i think you know if if cam's going to be the starter he's going to start you know i think bill maybe he already has that in his mind that he's going to start but i also think if that's the case um if Cam goes out and he's your starter week one, but has a terrible game, you know, against the Dolphins, I don't think Bill this time around will hesitate um, to go ahead and throw him back in if he's truly ready. Obviously, he didn't do that last year, but we all knew Jarrett Sidham was not ready and he never even got reps with the first team. But I also think, like y'all said, you know, if if Mac isn't showing, you know, that he's a leader on and off the field, then I think he'll probably, you know, stick with Cam, but. As of right now, I would not be surprised to see Mac Jones start sometime this season, um, whether that's week five or week one. I think as of right now, I think if he goes into preseason and he continues to know, you know, show us that he knows the playbook and all this, I think he starts. I don't think there'll be any hesitation to start him, and I don't see why not. Obviously, before, you know, we drafted Matt, it was Cam Newton is our starter. And then, obviously, you know, before training camp, it was like, oh, well, it's a clean slate, you know, it's whoever is going to be the better quarterback. So, I don't know, I just think whoever obviously, you know, shows out is going to win the job. And I don't think we can either, we can say it's going to be Cam or Matt. It's I mean, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right about that. And look, look, there was one thing we can all agree on is it's incredibly early. It's only day one. So I'm sure there's going to be some ups and downs all over training camp. I mean, but uh, to me, the excitement part is more about not knowing what's going to happen more than you know, the team itself, which is kind of strange to think about. You know, it's, it's kind of strange to say out loud, but I'm just really excited to find out who uh, who's going to take the job and what can they do with the offense that they have? Because I still, my personal opinion is I think they should have gone for a wide receiver in free agency, a more established wide receiver. I don't have anything against Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne. I think they're both fine complementary pieces, but I don't think they're D1. Uh, but then again, a lot of people keep telling me that the office is going to run through the tight ends. So uh, that, that's we'll what I was about to bring up because we'll John, Johnny Smith's a guy who can play outside the numbers. He can play as an X receiver. He can play in the slot. My, my main concern is can either of these guys stay sustain, healthy, yeah, stay healthy, sustain right. a 16 so, game season and can go back to quarterback. Yeah. 17, 17. 17. I got to get used to that. But yeah. also mm-hmm. can either of these quarterbacks run an efficient two tight end system? Uh, you know, because if you're going to have two tight ends out there, you're going to only have maybe two wide receivers or maybe one at times. And, you know, your tight ends are your security blankets. They're not going to be running deep downfield. You're going to have to be, you know, short and intermediate game. And can they be successful in that? Because I know Mac Jones in college, he had, all, you know, he had his playmakers, obviously, and he was going downfield a lot. But can he translate to a more short intermediate game? I think he can. I think he's shown he can. But it just it, it's going to come down to who can get the job done especially that in was, that tight end position. Yeah, that was going to bring my other point is the way who Josh McDaniels is, it's more of a Mac Jones kind of offense. 
And that brings me back, you know, to that other point where we don't hate, I'm not, I don't hate Cam, but I don't think he fits what the Patriots need. And that's, you know, another thing. That's probably why they did draft Matt Jones at 15 is because him and Josh McDaniels, you know, they, I'm not going to say ran the same system at Alabama, but, you know, it's still, you know, basically the same. And I, obviously Cam's running game didn't really help the Patriots that much last season. So I just think Mac Jones right now fits what the Patriots want in a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, look, guys, I think, um, like I said, it's incredibly early. um, But I think one aspect of the Patriots that has not gotten a lot of, you know, attention, it could be the defense. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited about our defensive line. I mean, last year we had Carl Davis, you know, and Byron Coward starting, you know, in – we were getting absolutely ran off the field at times. It was it was just bad, you know. So I'm excited about the defense, but you know, obviously there's a lot of still a lot of speculation with Stephon Gilmore and you know what's going to happen with his contract situation, etc. But I mean, I'm excited about the defense. Uh, are you guys, ex- you know, what are you most excited? Uh, aside from the quarterback and the you know, the, what are you guys most excited about as far as competition in camp? I am very excited about this outside linebacker position between Matthew Judon, Kyle Van Noy, and Josh Uche. Yeah. It's going to be, it, it, you know, I, I think Matthew Judon's the guy that kind of sticks out there. I think he's going to make or break your pass rush. You, you know, you brought him in four years, 56 million, something like that. And, you know, he's a guy that had great success in Baltimore. And if that can translate here in New England, if he can just put pressure on the quarterback, not even get sacks. Yeah. If they if the Patriots can do that, it's it's going to be big. Especially now thinking that Chase Winovich is looking on the outside in. It, it, it's he's going to have to prove himself in this camp. Uh, you know, I know he wasn't there for you know off season training uh, programs or anything like that. So he's kind of on the outside looking in. And this outside linebacker position is stacked on this team. Uh, Josh my, Uche, I agree. I agree with Josh uh, Uche. By the way, Josh Uche looks like he's going to have a monster. Yeah, he, well, and you have to remember he got constant pressure last season when he did play so adding Matt Judon to that I mean Mm. like 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 you just said if Matt Judon can even get half of the pressure and then you add Uche what he did last year and then not to mention Christian Barmore I mean (laughs) Uh, I'm excited for the defense I'm gonna make a bold prediction real quick I think Josh Uche has the best first step in the National Football League I, I, I seriously think he does. He just has so much speed. He's just able to get into the backfield, you know, immediately. And I know he didn't play a lot uh, or, or as much as he probably could have last year. But when he did, man, you saw him. You knew he was out on that field. He was running around. Uh, I, I believe there was a play at one point where the quarterback was uh, pulling out. I forget what game it was, but he was like pulling out to the right. And Josh Uche just ran from the left side just and caught right up to him and just got him for uh, maybe like a sack or a couple yard gain. But he's fast. He has a great first step. He can get off the ball. And it's it's going to be great to watch him play. But again, don't sleep. I'm, don't sleep on Ronnie Perkins. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, listen, don't sleep on Ronnie Perkins. Okay. I was that just kid, that thinking. kid can ball. He's got a motor on him, man. Don't sleep on Ronnie Perkins. You know, as a rotation guy to keep guys fresh. Let's say, you know, Judah needs to get off a snap. You know, or you, you got to get Uche off for a snap. You got to get Winovich off or whatever. That kid can come in situational, in situational, seat, uh, you know, uh, occasions. And 
I'm telling you, Ronnie Perkins is a legit He's a beast. player. Okay, he is going to be a problem. You know, he kind of reminds me the way kind of Trey Flowers felt to us in the fourth round. The minute we got Trey Flowers in the fourth round, everybody knew like that was a steal. Okay, because oh, yeah. Trey Flowers got. He should not have gone to the fourth round. He just fell because of his circumstances, etc. Ronnie Perkins, I think, I feel like he's in the same mold as far as his draft projection, where he should have gone, and where he's he went, and the type of impact he can create. I, I like I know. I agree with you, Jake. By the way, Chase Winovich, you know, he's he's got his work cut out for him, you know, because he's got a lot of competition. You know, a lot of people are going to be after his snaps. And he's gonna have to make the most of his situation. So, but I'm—I ex- mean, the pass rush looks excellent. I got 2019 vibes from this team. You know, uh, where it—if imagine if they go all in, like those zero blitzes that they used to do. Um, yeah, the quarterback's gonna have a hard time, you know, getting the ball out quickly uh, without pass rush. I agree. They have the potential to be better than that group if you think about it. They I do. think they, they do too. Depth. But you need, depth, yeah. you need Gilmore first before you can even make oh, that no argument. Doubt. That has to be number one. I mean, because if you think about it, if Gilmore doesn't sign, who are you gonna who's gonna be next to JC? And obviously, I love JC, but last year he didn't really prove that he could be the number one guy. Um, he's a great number two, but when he had to be number one, he was decent. But still, you would want obviously Gilly in that. Well, JC Jackson. Go ahead, oh, go ahead I, I was just gonna say JC Jackson kind of reminds me of Sam Shields. Um, for yeah. anyone listening, he uh, he was a former cornerback for the Green Bay Packers. He just has the same type of vibe to me. You know, he he can be a number one guy. He he's gonna let up some catches. He's gonna let up yardage, but he can when when it matters most and you need to call on him. J.C. Jackson will show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think J.C. Jackson got he got a he had a bad game against the Jets. Uh, his first game, I remember it was oh, not was a good game. Brutal. But but he also did make the game you know ceiling interception and. Yeah. And he did so. He made a play, you know, when he a play needed to be made, he made two. He got toast by Stefan Diggs, and Stefan Diggs basically roasted everyone. Okay, yeah. so I'm not exactly sure I'm gonna crucify JC Jackson for getting roasted by Stefan Diggs when Stefan Diggs legit was basically just you know putting it on every person put in front of him. Okay, uh, Stefan Diggs roasted Xavier Howard, who a lot of people believe he was the best cornerback one of the best cornerbacks in the league last year um so again i'm, I'm not just gonna put that i'm not gonna put that all on jc jackson i think he, he has he still he has improved every year since he's been in the league he has improved every season he's been with the patriots he's gotten better and better and better and the guy was only what 25 years old he's not even yeah. in his prime he's not even in his prime jc you know, gilly wasn't even that good mm-hmm. you know early in his career he was you know he was you know decent cornerback but there's a reason buffalo just let him go so yeah. i'm not still trying time on to... jc there's still time on jc yeah no i'm not trying to crucify him i'm just saying if you have gilmore there and you can obviously get that deal done you get the deal done you know like you get uh-huh. it done obviously gilmore is your guy is your guy but i just don't think you can you know because some people are like oh well we have jc jackson we don't need gilmore you kind of do you need gilmore you still need gilmore he's He's what's really going to make your defense. Um, right. People want to, like, say he had a bad year last year. Well, he had, he was hurt half of the year. So people still forget. Gilmore there, your your defense set. So I hopefully they get a deal done soon. 
No, look, look, the thing about Gilmore, and I know, Jake, you can jump in and follow this up to me. Look, the thing about Gilmore, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. He wants a contract extension. He wants to obviously get paid again. And he's coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. So I like Gilmore, but I'm also not on the mind of, you know, I, I want to pay him a long contract extension. I don't want to, you know, put another three, four years on him. I wouldn't mind playing it year by year, maybe give him an, a, a one year extension uh, on top of this season. So he's locked up for next season and see how I, that I, goes. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think he wants those one you know, one year type deals. Right. I, he, he even said, I think he wants to finish his career in New England or, or that's how he's, you know, where he's leaning. I, I think you need, need to re-up him like four, maybe even five years. I, I seriously think you do. And I know he's entering the, the you know, the wrong side of 30. I believe he's 31 entering 32 or, or, or maybe he just turned 31. I, I, I don't Third, know. He just turned 31. Yeah, yeah, just turned 31. So he's approaching that point where, you know, you don't want to give up those long extensions, but for a guy like Stephon Gilmore, I think you have to. You, mm-hmm. I, I, I seriously think you do. Yeah, I mean, look, you have to, but again, you have to look at everything else. Um, for example, you know, they did spend a lot of money uh, this offseason, and I think a lot of these contracts that they shelled out money, you're going to see a lot of that financial impact next season, or next offseason, you know, after the season. And, you know, you have guys with some big cap some huge cap hits actually so you know there's a lot to consider in just also doing that no i would love anything more than just to keep him but again i'm not sure it makes financial sense uh we'll see how the cap uh, situation goes for the league now they're gonna let fans back in this season obviously so um obviously the revenue for the league is going to be much higher than it was last season as opposed to when they were not getting basically any revenue based on you know fan attendance and stuff like that so we'll see how that impacts you know the cap implications etc now as far as giving them a four or five year deal i just don't think it's going to happen i just i don't think I, I think the only person who could pull that off for as long as he did was tom brady on bill belichick I, I don't see anyone else getting that type of money at that age from him, Un- unless he can continually prove that you know he's going to be a guy uh, who has not seen any decline in his play. And let's be honest, last year you know he it was it wasn't he wasn't having a lights out year. He wasn't having a bad year, but it wasn't like you know it wasn't like twenty. 2019 Gilly or 2018 Gilly. So, you know, let's, and again, the injury, the injury also is going to be a, a big factor as far as, you know, is he going to be a hundred percent? Is he still be able to be the same player as he was? So I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how they see JC Jackson. I don't even know if they see Jack, JC Jackson as the future number one. Cause he, if Bill Belichick thinks that JC Jackson is the next man up, then he'll let Gilly walk. He will. He will. He will pay. If that's the case, he'll pay JC other than Bill Moore. Right. JC right, on getting that five-year mega-dollar million. Because right. if anything, Bill Belichick will give a defensive player that money. He struggles with an offensive player, but defense. I just it really just honestly revolves around JC. If they think JC can take that next step and be that number one corner, and then you know if our first-round pick next year, if they go out and get another cornerback, if they don't feel like you know Gilmore will be that great off of his injury and he's getting up there in his age. But as of right now, I still think you got to sign Gilmore. You got to give him whatever he wants. 
because at this point you don't really have a choice. I mean, we don't really have anyone else. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think there. I think what Bill's waiting for is what happens with Xavier and Howard in that situation, because yeah. we know that Howard wants the extension uh, yeah. to wherever he gets traded traded to. If he gets traded, maybe, maybe he can work something out with the Dolphins. I highly doubt it at this point, but. You know, once he's on the move and gets his extension and one up, we're gonna see what type of contracts Stephon Gilmore could be looking at, and if it's too cost too costly, I don't think Bill takes it. So I, I think he's kind of waiting for the market to set itself. Yeah, yeah. like usual. Yeah, like see. Um, now, let me ask you guys a question here. Uh, do you think Nikhil Harry makes it through this camp? No. Nope. Yes. As a patriot. <laughs> as a patriot. Yes. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know I know I kind of shit on him earlier, but I, I, I think Mac Jones is gonna really pull out the, the best of what Nikhil Harry has. And I think Nikhil Harry is pulling for Mac Jones to be his quarterback because I think Mac Jones can put him in the best position to be the player that he is, a uh, you know, contested ball type catcher who is you know, can be a very good red zone threat. And I I think if he can utilize Nikhil Harry that way. You know, he's the type of pocket passer to do it. I I think Nikhil Harry could potentially come out of this uh, as the Patriots' fifth wide receiver if he can also prove that he's not an idiot I'm, and actually get on the field and do stuff. But I, I, I <laughs> look, I'm gonna be you, honest you know, with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I think Nikhil Harry's a dork. Um, I, I I do too. I I, uh, do, I think he's an idiot, but I think he has a chance. I think he has a chance if he plays his cards right. After, after today, he does. I mean, today he didn't look bad at all. He looked kind of like he did in college, and I know I said that a million times, but two TD catches, two TD catches today. He caught two TDs, including a nice off diving grab. According to Paul Perillo from Patriots.com, um, he had a nice day, made a couple of good TD catches. Yeah. He also had a nice that. Uh, shoulder catch from Cam, which looked like a bad ball from Cam, but it was actually a pretty insane catch. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did stick around. Obviously, either I mean, way, he has something to prove to either us or to whoever we trade him to. I mean, he's gonna, you know, he ha- either way, he's gonna have to show up. Um, you know, and I think I kind of agree. I think he'll probably stick around. Bourne also Kendrick Bourne had a nice TD also from Mac Jones on the back corner of the end zone, and I and I look I I just love Kendrick Bourne's swag and his and his passion and look yeah. he just tweeted out he said keep sleeping on my wide receiving core if you want to but we were about to shock the world I mean the guy he is living and breathing Patriots football right now and I love it man the guy is just fiery competitor and I think and a lot I, of people I, are sleeping on Kendrick Bourne. I think he could have a big type impact on this team. I, I think he can too, but we got to remember that Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, the two guys we brought in, have notorious stone hands when it matters the most. So I think we need to kind of be cautious on that and wait till the games actually start. But, uh, you, you know, I do like Kendrick Bourne. I do like Nelson Aguilar because he does add speed. But I, I think we need to be very cautious about how we uh, – Go you forward know, with our listen, Jake, feelings listen, on this. You know, wide you know who had stone hands towards the end of his his career? Julian Edelman. You know how many big catches that guy dropped? Like oh, a yeah, lot, but, a lot. But that was at the end of his career. That was at the end of his career. He's still yeah, yeah, but he was still able to make a positive impact where the positives outweigh the negatives. If they can make enough positives, where they outweigh all the, the, the negatives and the occasional drops on key situations, which I'm sure they'll have. I'm sure there's going to be games where we're like, what the fuck. Why didn't you just catch that? 
okay? But we can, we can say that. We can say that about a lot of receivers, okay? We can say it a lot about the receivers, not just Patriots. I think if they can make a positive impact, I mean, a lot of people say that this guy was looking at Danny Amendola tape. If he's anything close to Danny Amendola, and I'm not saying he is going to be Danny Amendola, but if he, he brings any t- any type of production that Danny Amendola brought to this team, I'm all for it. Please sign up. Sign can, the fuck up. If he, if he can be Danny Amendola, I want him on this team for the rest of his life. If, he's, if he can be Danny Amendola or anything close to what Danny Amendola was did, I would let Kendrick Bourne, all right, literally live in my house for free for a year, okay? I will cook him meals. Right. Well, you know who doesn't have stone hands? Jacoby Myers. That's your wide receiver number one. Now, Jacoby Myers is is a big. He's a big. He's a. This is a big stud. You know, <laughs> he's he's a big stud. You know, and um, what can you say? The guy just owns. The guy just owns. Yeah. If you don't have him on the you might as well go ahead and write his name down because telling him and Damian Harris. I tell. I'm telling you. Those two. Damian Harris looks like a tank. Yeah, Damian um, Harris. He's got quads for days. Top five running back. That's my bold take. Top five running Jake, you got any bold picks? I need a couple from you. Not just one. Uh, yeah, I got a few bold picks. My first one is that Mac Jones will throw for over 30 touchdowns. My second one is that the wide receiver core will turn on Nikhil Harry and just jump him in the locker room after like week <laughs> one or whatever, hopefully. Probably. And then uh, my, my third bold prediction is that uh, – you know, I'm going to go very bold. I'm going to say Kyle Van Noy has 18 sacks for the Patriots this year. 18 sacks? He's not even, the, go he's not even a rusher. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's no one of the best pass rushers on this team. Absolutely. No. Oh, absolutely. He's that, but he doesn't play that role. I think he's a, plays a guy who sets the edge. I don't know if exactly say if I will put Kyle Van Noy as in the rushing only tie with 18 sacks? Yeah. Yeah, oh, screw stop it. playing, stop playing, Jake. Jake, stop playing Madden so much, man. It's fucking <laughs> up. Right. No, it's I, fun. I think, I think he can do it. I think he can do it. I, I, I do think he. Sets. Yes, I, I think he's one of the better pass rushers on this team. I really do. Coming for a vengeance too. Yeah. Uh, give me some, give me some, um, give me some predictions, Bailey. I want some predictions from you too. Give me some predictions on uh, uh some bold predictions. I want some bold predictions. Um, well, he already had one top five running back, Damian Harris. That's, that's, that's a big one right there. He's going to be top five as far as what? Production, rushing yards, touchdowns. Yards. Yes. Okay. Rushing, rushing yards. He's going to yep. be top five in rushing yards. With our yep. offensive line and how good he looks already and exactly. how big he looks, uh, I think it's a possibility. So I, I, I'll take that. Okay. I can take it. I can buy that one. What, what else you got? It's going to happen. Um, let's see. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Mac Jones will be starting by week five. That's something I feel very confident about. I'm just going to put that out there. He's He will be starting by week five. Um, hold on. You got to give me a minute. <laughs> defense. I'm going to say, let's go defense. Um, I'm going to say our defense will be, ah, this is pretty bold. Uh, maybe top two. I think we'll be top. We'll have a top two defense. I'm gonna give you something better. I think we're gonna have the number one, you know, uh, pr- pass scoring. rushing de- uh, scoring defense in the league. And I yes, think we're gonna be ranked in number one in points against. We are gonna be the number one defense in the NFL because we have 
everything. You have the entire recipe to be successful. You have guys up front who can stop the run. You have guys on the edge who can set the edge. You have guys who can get to the quarterback at, at basically will. And we have a core of linebackers who is very underrated and it's coming into their own. I think Therese Hall is a is been a, he showed a lot of flashes last year. He improved. Uh, I think we got also Raekwon McMillan. If yes, right. We, uh, we have we have him, and I think he's a very he solid had, vet. He yes. did. He got an interception today. Yep. See, we have McMillan and Dante Hightower. You know, and I know Dante Hightower is not what he used Boom. to be, but he still has that presence. So. Uh, but you know, again, he brings he brings added juice and. Listen, I'm not a big fan of Juwan Bentley, but I know for a fact that Dante Hightower is not going to get run over by Jimmy Jimmy G. Okay, so I, ha- I have I have one more bold prediction. Uh, so that's my that's those are my as far as defense. But go ahead, Jake. Uh, I want to hear yours because I'll, I'll give you mine on offense after you. Gunner Olszewski. Oh, you stole mine. <laughs> you stole mine. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll go ahead. have 60 catches and over 800 yards this year. Okay. Oh boy. Wow. You think it's that much playing time? I do. I think he'll carve himself out a nice role on special teams, and I think he's a viable option in, in the passing game. I really do. I, I think I, he, I, I think I, he's proven himself like to be it. a good. I like it. Uh, I think I think situational my prediction, guy. Yes, I, I I think my bold prediction is that Gunner is going to take the Edelman leap. The Edelman leap is. He will carve himself a role on the offense. And I'm not the first one to say this. My good friend LB, he said that he was going to make the Edelman leap. And I, I so. tend to agree. I tend to agree that he's going to make the Edelman. Remember, Edelman, when he first got the Patriots, he wasn't very active on offense. I mean, he play, I think he played up more on defense than he did on offense, I think. And yeah. he was not a very active uh, player, until really, until Wes Welker kind of left. So mm-hmm. once Wes Welker left... I remember he, he, I saw him play against, he was, they were playing the Jets. And I think he had like 11 catches or something. I was like, oh, wow, Edelman. And was then it's the Thanksgiving game. I, no, I don't know if it was, I don't think it's a Thanksgiving game because then, then, you know, it was supposed, that was the year, you know, that they signed uh, Danny Amendola to be oh, the so West Walker, the, the worst Walker replacement. And it ended up being that Julian was the one who stepped up and started taking over as the guy. And once he got Tom's, you know, trust, it was GG. You know, he just became that guy. So I think Gunner takes that step. You know, look if, if he, make, listen, if hold he on, makes I'll, a falling. Uh, uh, <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, go ahead. All I'm gonna say is he, if he makes like a falling behind catch in the back corner of the end zone in a 24 nothing game that gives the Patriots the first touchdown, I, I, I think he'll be the next Julian Edelman of this team. Yeah. Look, I saw Gunnar Olszewski mossing people on the the inter-squad, you know, training camp scrimmage against the Titans. It was his rookie year. It was me, uh, Bryson, and a couple other people. Uh, Ashley, uh, a good friend of the show, also a family member. We were all sitting watching Gunnar absolutely destroy people in the end zone, okay, in goal line situations and mossing people, okay? So... I saw potential there. I'm telling you guys now, Gunner is going to take a nice role. He's going to surprise people. Okay, he's going to surprise people. I think it's going to be Gunner, Nelson Aguilar, okay, and Jacoby Myers is going to be the three primary wide receivers on offense. And then you're going to sprinkle in your Kendrick Mortz, fourth slash tight Danny Amendola role type player for him. 
in the offense, and that's going to be all they need. It's going to be all they need is wide receivers. Well, Gunner's from Texas, so he obviously already has my approval. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I look, I follow, I follow Gunner on, on Instagram. <laughs> he puts a, a – he, he's got some nice pictures, him and his high boots. And he's vibe. Yes. You come to Texas, and you immediate, immediately think of Gunner. Yeah. Gonna, I take it. I'm gonna even get his jersey. Yeah. Listen, guys. Uh, by the way, um, let's let's uh, we're gonna switch gears now and talk a little baseball. By the way, I just saw this. I don't know if you guys have seen this. That the New York Yankees are finalizing a deal to acquire Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. Yeah, that was about an hour ago. Yes, from the Texas Rangers. Uh, does that improve the Yankees whatsoever? No. <laughs> Joey Gallo. I don't need pitching. I mean, yeah. okay. Joey Gallo. That's a big deal, right? Look, the, the, the Yankees are the Yankees are good at three things. Uh, not getting hits, striking out, but hitting a lot of home runs. And their answer to fix that was by bringing in a guy who does that anyways. Um, I know there was news about Aaron Judge today. He got scratched from the lineup. A, a, a lot of people think he may be getting traded or, or, or may just be done the rest of the season. I don't know what's going on there. But um, I think, yeah, I, I think bringing in Joey Gallo, to New York, I, I think that's just a desperation move. There was no reason for them to do that. They had so many other pressing needs, um, and they already really filled that uh, left-handed power bat when they got Rudne Odor. So uh, I, I don't know why the Yankees did it. I, I would have been more all-in on Max Scherzer, which some of these other teams are. I just don't think the Yankees really had much capital to go out and get them. They're um, of the Red Sox, that's why. Yeah, that, I hope. I hope, but uh, it, it just makes me even more happy that we didn't get um, what's his face? I, oh my God, I can't even think of his name. Stanton back in uh, 2017. Jesus, I just forgot John Carlos Stanton's name. Um, it just makes me more happy that we didn't get him in 2017 because watching the Yankees just reduce into complete and utter trash and rubble just makes me so happy. I mean, <laughs> you look at his swings; they're pretty awful. Mm. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't, I'm not going to pretend I know too much uh, about, you know, Joey Gallo, because like, I don't. I just don't think that that's a guy, you know, that they should have gone for. I think that, you know, they could, they, they should have gone for pitching, you know, and they reach. It, it's bad. And, you know, even, I don't think a role of Chapman is it for them as far as closing. So, I don't know, maybe it's get, go off to somebody like Kimbrough or, or, or I, I don't know. But I don't know. I guess that the Yankees' plan is that they want to slug themselves out of any game to win it. But it's like Jake was saying, you know, the thing with Aaron Judge, I mean, you don't know. And it's kind of a shame, honestly. I kind of feel bad for Aaron Judge because he, he came into the league and he looked like he had a lot of promise. He was mm-hmm. the next the next big it star, you know, like whatever. And it's he's, he seems to have fallen off big time in the last couple of years. Big time. He's hurt. Yeah, he's always he's always hurt. There's always something wrong with Aaron Judge. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a shame, but also, you know, fuck the Yankees. Um, True. The Red Sox, the Red Sox are owning, and there are speculations that they could get Max Scherzer. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys, are they, are they already content, like, favorites, the favorites to win the World Series? No. Uh, no. Or, or would do you think that that's what they need to make him a World Series? Like, like a legit number one threat. 
Well, so, it seemed like at the Giants, you know, or the Dodgers. So do you remember back in 2013 when the Red Sox brought in Jake Peavy to pair with John Lester and John Lackey? Mm-hmm. If they're able to bring in Max Scherzer, it's going to feel like the same thing almost. And I think if they can bring in that one more pitcher, because I can't stand watching Garrett Richards on the mound for the Red Sox anymore. Like at, at any time I hear the, the name Garrett, I know we have Garrett uh, Whitlock, but if I hear Garrett Richards' name one more time, I might bash my skull through a wall like 80 or 90 times. I, I'm just sick of it. So if we can get a guy like Max Scherzer to pair with a potential returning sale whenever he comes back, it it's going to set this rotation over the top. You don't win World Series without pitchers. You need pitchers. This offense with Devers, uh, Bogarts, and J.D., as long as they're healthy, this offense is going to keep on chugging. And you got a lot enough depth with Hunter Renfro, with Alex Verdugo, to, to really keep that offense going. But you need pitching. And as much as I would like to maybe go after an Anthony Rizzo-type guy to fill in that first base hole that's just been bad for the Red Sox this year, you don't need it. I would much rather go after a guy like Max, Max Scherzer if he's available for the right price. Uh, but I, I think you need one more guy in that rotation to really set you over the top. And if you get him, I think you're the favorite. Yeah, well, I mean, even if you add him with Chris Sale coming back and then Tanner Hawk just basically demolishing the Blue Jays today, I think your pitching in this team is right there. Like you said, and obviously we need a first baseman, but I think yeah. I can wait because you got, you know, like you said, Kiki Hernandez, uh, Alex Verdugo, Hunter Renfro, you know, all of them. I mean, even Devers. I mean, you can't. We obviously we proved we can hit. Um, so I think adding another pitcher just to do that, just to get rid of Garrett Richards, because yeah. I feel like every time Garrett Richards starts, we have to at least score 20 runs hmm. just to feel like it's safe. You know, you know what I want to do? I want to put Nikhil Harry and Garrett Richards <laughs> in, inside of a flaming Hell in a Cell and see what happens. Don't forget to add Jake DeBrusque in there. Oh, yeah, we'll, Jake, we'll add Jake DeBrusque in there. Add Jake DeBrusque in there. <laughs> can we add um, Cassius Semi- Marsh? Oh, we can add Cassius yeah. Marsh in there. We, we can add Cassius Marsh. We can add uh, Semi Ojale, too, just for the hell of it. Semi Ojale? Oh, God. Grant Williams. Add him in there. Oh, Grant Williams, yeah. We can, yeah. We can do Grant Williams, too. I, I like Semi, but we, we need someone to cheer for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can throw <laughs> Grant Williams in there. Uh, uh, you know what? Why not? Why stop there? Pat Maroon. In there, yeah. Tom Wilson, get in there, Tom Wilson. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll we'll think of more names to put in there, but you know, I, that's a good one, Bailey. C- Cassius Marsh, what a doofus. Um, I had a tweet about him uh, the other day, and it made me. <laughs> I don't know. It's always been. He's such a clown. Uh, by the way, Jaron Jaron Duran it had an inside the park home run. That kid's gonna yeah, be stunned. You know, it's uh, crazy. It's they crazy. actually ruled it a triple. Oh no! Okay, yeah, it's gonna be a stunt anyways. Fuck yeah, it. they re-rolled it a triple. They gave an error to George Springer. No, it's uh, he's a stud. It's simple as that. It's crazy that the Red Sox are in the position they're in. You know, after they traded away David Price, they traded away Mookie, Mookie. Betts. It felt it Ooh. felt like the war- Mookie Betts. Who? He spelled M O O O. All right. After they traded away Mookie, it felt like the world Ooh. was literally crumbling. On the Red Sox Nation, like it could not. How do you get rid of a generational talent? But you know, and this Verdugo kid comes in, you know, and uh, man, it, what a difference a season makes. It's and now the day Mookie is hurt. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the Red Sox are owning once again. Okay. They are owning with all these young guys, and 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 Bloom deserves a medal for everything he's done. He's restored the, 
you know, the farm system and has made us a good, competent baseball team. The guy does not get enough credit. You know, he's doing so well. Now, there is one person that I do hate uh, very much, and that's Don Sweeney of the Boston Bruins. I do not like him. He keeps Sweepy trying to bring Don back, Sweeney. He keeps trying to bring back to Karask. I keep telling him, don't do it. It's just going to get your hopes up. And then we're going to be out in the second round. Um, Jake, you're our hockey savant. Uh, tell me, please, what do you make of the moves that Don, right. Sleepy Donnie, uh, right. has done today? Uh, Sweeney Hutt Jr. All right. <laughs> um, you know, I said this earlier, cyberbullying goes a long way. Uh, I, I really kind of, you know, between group chats and, and, and just, you know, some tweets, I've, I really have been after Don Sweeney. And he comes out and he signs Linus Allmark. He trades Dan Vladar. He brings in Nick Foligno. He brings in uh, Derek. Uh, fuck, what's his last name? Uh, Frostport. Or, yeah, Frostport? Uh, for, for board. He Force, brings in Forbort. Yeah, yeah. I, I just. And then uh, you know he 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 adds some other you know key Tom, pieces to this team. Thomas Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, Nelson. Uh, it's just. I did not expect this from him. I, I, I think this is good for the Bruins. I, I think this is I think it's finally registered inside Don Sweeney's head. I think he woke up from his nap today. And he's like, oh, crap. It's like this is the last year the Bruins got to, to really contend. And I think that's true. You know, Marchand's getting older. You don't know if Krejci's coming back. Rask is gone. And even if he does somehow come back, he won't be back till February. You, you know, this is a team that's in win now mode. And you just had a second year in a row where you got eliminated from the second round of the playoffs in an embarrassing and just utterly egregious fashion. And so you, you bring in guys like Nick Foligno, who could potentially fill in that second line center spot or, or third line center spot. If you do bring Brad Krejci, bump coil to wing, you got a lot of depth on the, on this team. And, you know, defensively, I, I like how the Bruins are shaping up. I'm not too sure how these lines are going to work out yet. I don't know if Forbort's going to be on your second or, or third line pairing um, or, or, or if Mike Riley's going to move down or maybe he gets paired back up uh, with McAvoy again. Uh, I'm also excited about what's going to happen with Allmark. He's obviously your 1A to Swayman being your 1B now. But, uh, you, you know, Don Sweeney, he, I'll give him for today, I'll give him a B. I'll give him a B. I think there was some other moves he could have made, maybe some better moves, but he, he definitely addressed some needs that the Bruins had today. If he can bring back David Krejci, I'll give him a B plus. If he brings back Rask, I'll give him a D. Listen, I'm giving Donnie Sweeney an F plus. An F plus. Yeah, an F plus. For the fuckery that he has done over the past six years, I cannot forgive. I cannot forgive. You know, uh, so if, if, I if the Bruins it. go out and win a cup this year, can you forgive that? He'll get him. He'll get. I'll I'll change my grade from an F plus to a, you know, B minus. Okay, that's fair. If he wins a cup, but he has done too much. He has done too much. In all seriousness, uh, he did impress me with a couple of the moves. Again, Thomas uh, Thomas Nosek, um, a nice player, very nice player. I think he's going to be. Really good on that bottom pair, that sixth bottom. Now, uh, Omar, I, I liked the signing. I, To me, this means that they are not bringing back Rask. And then he went again and said, oh, uh, we'll, leave the door open. we'll leave the door open for Tuca. I mean, I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, they, they, they just can't quit on this guy. They just cannot quit on this David guy. David Crazy, look, David Crazy right now is, is a big question mark. 
they he needs to find something. He still needs a left uh, a left shot defenseman. The defense, the defensive depth uh, of this team is not very good. So I I want him to now focus on that. And you know, again, he I think he re-signed Nick Ritchie. If I'm not mistaken, I think Ritchie's back. I so, don't think so. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I've not. I try to keep tab. It, it's hard to miss that fat slob. So uh, I'd <laughs> be shocked if Nick Ritchie's back. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure if he's back, but I think he's back. I could be wrong. Uh, I will double check and go back to you. I, again, there was reports that they were si- re-signing him, but again, that that's a 20 goal score. So no, they, he's not. They need to. They need to. They need to do something about that third line. Still, they need to be doing something about you know the the, the defense and the pairings and the left shot. So I don't know. We'll see. For me, he gets an incomplete. You know, it looks like he started his homework but didn't finish. So that's basically the way I'm looking at it. Like he started if, if his he, homework and didn't finish. If he can get rid of DeBrusque and get like five goldfish crackers and maybe a rusty paperclip <laughs> back, I, I think that's a fair trade. Listen, if he could get a DeBrusque, he could get rid of DeBrusque and get like a bag of pucks and perhaps uh, a Taekwondo Roga number two pencil, I, I will take it. Okay. I, I, I would. I, I, honestly, the Ticonderoga might be a little bit too much. Yeah, but maybe I don't know. Maybe the Dracar Noir cologne, or or little Debbie snack cakes. I'll take one <laughs> of those. All right, I'll take one of those. If you could get a BF Goodrich tire out of it, me, you know, I'll consider that a huge win. So I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping and praying that, you know, that he's not done, and that. But again, I, with the cap space they've already spent. I'm not exactly sure what the other moves are, how they're going to come, and how he's going to make that happen. It looks like trade, so we'll see what happens. So as of now, Donnie gets an incomplete out of me. I think the Bruins are just going for that 2019 team that they had, where it was just death by a thousand paper cuts. I, <laughs> I, I, I really do. You know, you have your overpowering first line, and then you just have wave after wave after wave of just depth, and you don't know what's going to happen. You can shut down one line, and another line will come up. You're not going to have anyone you know, two out of the ordinary showcasing themselves every night besides that perfection line. But I'm, I'm really excited about Allmark. You know, he was a guy that went nine, six and three last year with the two, six, three uh, goals allowed average and a 0.917 save percentage with the Buffalo Sabres. I, I mean, right there, that, that's, Fez, that's Fesna worthy, right? I mean, he should have won Fesna. You know, we should have just gave him the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, that's just incredible what he did, given that that team was just absolutely utter fucking trash. So Linus Allmark coming into the Bruins to finally, for the first time in his career, have a good team. It's going to be exciting to watch him in in between the posters here and see what he can do. I I think he's going to be able to fill up that role for (coughs) Tuca, uh, trash ass, motherfucking nicely. Um, (laughs) Tuca, trash ass. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I had something nice right there. But uh, if if Tuca Rass comes back, I'm going to fucking... I don't know. Do you think David Krejci comes back? You think David Krejci comes back? If you can get David Krejci to come back for like a bag of peanuts, considering that the Bruins only have that and maybe some pencil shavings, uh, yes, uh, you're going to have to trade DeBrusque first. I think once DeBrusque is gone, you can bring back Krejci. And then I I, I know that there is a way to bring back Rask. God, I hope they don't. But I I think they're going to because this team just cannot quit Tuka Rask for whatever reason. And, you know, you know me. I used to be a Tom Stuka defender. I, I was... You know, Boohoo Tuka Cruz, number one fan. You know, I, I love Tuka Rask, and I still still think he's a good goal score, uh, goalkeeper. He's not a goal scorer. 
he, he allows too many soft goals. But uh, I, at, at this point, I'm just kind of done with Tuca. I, I, you know, thanks for the decade that you gave us. Thanks for the two Stanley Cup runs, but you you failed miserably. You, you couldn't get the job done. See you later. Bye. Never come back. I don't want to see you. <laughs> uh Look, it's gonna again. It's gonna be interesting to see what he does, but he's got a lot of work still in front of him. Uh, the off season for the NHL just started, and we are, you know, like I said, uh, if Bailey has an opinion on this, it's because she says she's not into hockey, but she's gonna get into it, and she will be dropping knowledge on it as a homework. She said she'd do it, and I believe in her. Okay, Bailey can do no wrong in my eyes, so I trust her one hundred percent that she's gonna. She's gonna be dropping so many weird names. You know, it's like guys from the guys from the you know the the, the Russian the Russian league or you know the the Swedish league or I'm like, hi right, Bailey, we don't know these guys. Who are you talking about? So uh, I think she's gonna do it. I can't I can't wait to hear her her, her NHL takes. Now I want every uh, we're gonna do a tradition on this show, right? And uh, I want and I'm gonna start it this week and then next week you guys can also drop in one. Uh, your funniest take or your funniest moment that you thought you saw online off the week and share it with us on the podcast and drop it oh, you know, for I our guess, listeners. I and I have one. I have one. And if you want to, Jake, if you want to drop it uh, after I drop mine, by all means, go ahead. And then Bailey, like I said, if, you know, any something funny that you thought was just outrageous or something outrageous that you thought was funny, uh, you want to drop it on the podcast for our listeners in at the end of the show, you can so to me, uh, this happened to me. This actually happened t- today. And uh, I don't know if you guys uh, heard this, but Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got cut today for stealing food from the cafeteria to take home. <laughs> so Kelvin Benjamin, a professional football player with a professional salary, uh, uh I don't know what's going on in this guy's life. I need, I, I feel like I need more context on this story. I, I need to know why he was doing this. I, I feel like I need to investigate. But he was stealing food. And they told him, look, dude, you're stealing food and we're going to cut you. So the guy apparently got pissed off and stormed off the field. You know, as he was told that he was getting cut. Now, I don't know when, I don't think I've ever heard of a story of a, a pro athlete getting basically fired from their job for stealing food from the cafeteria. Uh, but one question is for me here. One, how much food was he stealing that they felt they needed to cut him? All right. Two, was he sneaking in at late hours of the night or early morning, you know, to take items of, in three, what was he taking them in? Like, was he storing them in, like, a shock strap? He was putting it inside his helmet? Was he sticking all the food inside the duffel bag? I and mean, what kind of food was it? You know? It was, like, like snacks? Jello packs? You know? I don't know. Pudding? I, 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 I need to know. There's a, I have a lot of questions. Um, so, yeah, that's my funny story. What do you guys think about that? I like it. Yeah, yeah that, I, I didn't think that was real at first when I first saw I, that. I, I, thought, I thought it was a joke, real. but I, I, no, it is real. You know, it's it's a real story, and I could not believe it. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin has been a, a fascinating story uh, ever since he got in the league. And man, uh, that it's, it's it's just bizarre. Jake, what's yours? 
So I can't tell the story for uh, ethical purposes, because if I do, we'll probably get the show taken off of every airways known to man. All I'm going to tell the audience listening at home is look up what a Philly sidecar is and you'll understand what I'm getting at. And I'll, I'll, I'll hint more to it next week. A Philly sidecar. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to look it up now. Yeah, look, look it up now. Just don't say what it is. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is awful. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. You're the worst person on earth. You're literally the worst. Yeah, I uh, I, I showed that to uh, my girlfriend today, and uh, her mom has one. So oh. she was not she was not too pleased with me. Uh, yeah, folks. I, I don't know if you want to look at this. <laughs> I don't know if people. I don't know if people should think of this at all. <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh, shit. Uh, I hate Jake, uh, but I'm glad he's back. Uh, I'm glad, guys. Uh, all right, guys. Didn't you miss call. me? I miss, miss me and my so Philly sidecars. Yes. Um, I would not have it any other way. Now we're gonna go around the virtual room, guys, and tell the people where they can find you online. We'll go with the ladies first. So, Jake, go ahead. All right, you can, you can uh, <laughs> find me on Twitter and Instagram at JakeyPooBear1. JakeyPooBear. I mean, we got to do something about your hand, though. JakeyPooBear. I got clapped. Okay. okay. Sure. Okay, JakeyPooBear. Uh, Bailey, where can the people find you online? All right. You can find me on Twitter. It's Bailey9715 underscore. Or find me on Instagram. Bailey M nine seven one five. There you go. Uh, you can find me on the social media airways known as Twitter at TTM Brian. You can also find me on Instagram at Muffin Top Double O Seven. Now, if you're looking for more content coming up, we have a lot of things coming out on the show. Uh, we're gonna have uh, you know spot appearances from our good friend Alex Barth uh, at WE. Uh, I'm sorry, 98 Sports 5, Sports Hub, okay? Wow, wow. Right. Wow, way to go, but we are, But we are going to have a couple of guests from WEI, and we have some guests <laughs> from Fansided as well as Nesson. So we got a big week stuff coming out this season uh, as far as uh, a lot of the things that are coming out. I'm very excited for this season's show, and we hope you listen to us. And we're, again, when we drop this show, the description of each section of what the topics we were talking about will be dropped on the podcast link, something new, something I thought for our listeners, you know, in case you wanted to hear a specific topic, you can hear it now. We'll break it down for you. You can listen to it, but you don't want to miss the entire show. It's a lot of fun. Once again, guys, thanks a lot for listening, and we are out. Say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Don't look up Philly sidecar. (laughs) Oh, thank you.